Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stato Joe podcast, hosted by me, Stato Joe, and as always, Luke Sherwin. Luke, how are you doing, my good sir? Uh, it gets harder and harder every time not to just say the same thing. But I'm doing really well. <laughs> it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure to be here. <laughs> you should just make that your gimmick. You know, that's that's your line. You know, that's your line every week. That's just like your gimmick, you know. Everyone's I like, like oh. I like to be, you know, an enigma. I like to cause a little bit of chaos. Um, the, uh, yeah, so you, you can call me the Enigma Luke Sherwin. There you go. <laughs> so I have to introduce you now as the Enigma Luke Sherwin. I don't know if it's as exciting enough. It needs to make like So basically my issue is right now I'm thinking about Jeff Hardy. We all know and love Jeff Hardy, described as the charismatic Enigma. I can't yeah. just steal that. Feel like well, you're certainly to... not not charismatic enough, probably. True, uh, true. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like I need an adjective to go in front of Enigma before you can call me it. But anyway, I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, not that I've ever said that before. Well, I'm, I'm delighted, obviously, to, to have you. You're still here. You know, you haven't left me yet after six episodes, which is, I think, an achievement for me. Um, but how's your week been? What have you been getting up to? Anything exciting going on in your life? My week's been good, yeah. Um, sadly, football on Monday night didn't happen. Big rip. 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 It was one of the exciting things that was going to happen. But my mate Ethan, who was going to take me, pulled his groin or something. Um, and so couldn't go. And then I ended up having a meeting anyway. So it worked out okay. But a bit sad that I didn't play. Other than that, the week's been pretty chill. Um, the highlight of my week's probably been trying some new sweets that the centre up the road have got in stock. A few different types <laughs> of horrible. Tell you what, Joe, right, I'm a, I'm a big sweet fan. Love okay. sweets. And they had these sweets that were like twin snakes. I don't know what the official name was. But you get two snakes that are stuck together. Mm-hmm. And one snake is sweet and the other one is sour. Ooh. Interesting. So it's a lovely, a lovely balance in every in every twin snake that you get sweet mm-hmm. and sour. And you know what? This is the type of content that people are here for. And so those sweets were great. That was a lovely a lovely time in my week. What about you, Jim? How's your week been? I had my first exam this week. Um, and the less said about that, <laughs> the better. Um, there's only three weeks, three weeks to go, and then I'm free from the shackles of uh, a certain Belfast University. Um, but uh, apart from that, I've just been working away to be honest, uh, studying hard. My next exam's on Tuesday, so uh, not really much time to do anything apart from that. Been out for a couple of walks. Um, people won't um, get this, but we actually know each other outside of uh, recording podcasts. Wow. So we might we may have been for a walk today, which is uh, interesting. Um, we did, but uh, apart from that, nothing much. Um, but yes, it is intros all, always mailbag time. I have a few questions still from Sunday that were asked, and we're working our way through those for the next couple of weeks. So today, today's question is from Dan Stewart, who is a Leeds fan, and he asks, maybe I don't know, does he want his ego boosted or something? He says, "What's your opinion on Leeds first season back in the Premier League, and how do you think they'll get on next season?" Now look. We established on Sunday that you absolutely hate Leeds, so I'm really interested to hear your answer for this. Yes, if if you haven't if you haven't seen <laughs> or listened to Sunday's podcast, do that before you listen to my answer now. I absolutely despise Leeds United. Oh, there's just something about them that really oh my blood boils. Um but I will give them credit. 10th in the Premier League currently. Could finish as low as 12th. And I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do finish. Oh, you're so brittle. Um, but they have done really well. They've got some yeah. really good players. Margot Bielsa has done a superb job. He has got them playing nice football at the start of the season. You know, they started the season off in, in wonderful fashion against Liverpool. In that chaotic game, it was a it was a good one, um, and they've played attacking football defensively. Haven't always been great, but going forward, have looked a decent side. Um, they've got some decent players. 
Um, some I think will stay and you know take part in the Leeds um, movement forward. Some aren't good enough and will be replaced. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think they've had a pretty pretty solid start. What about you? Um, Leeds are the only team in history that could lose a game six two and still be praised uh, for how they play. That's why um, I hate it. Which is something I do have a problem with. Now I'm not going to take away from the fact that they've uh, they've come in this season and you know probably have played one of the best styles of one of the most enjoyable styles of football to watch. However, let me say this clear: football is not about being enjoyable to watch. It's about getting wins and draws and losses. Have Leeds performed better than they should have? Or people expect them to absolutely. They've yeah. beaten teams they have no right to beat. They have not been beaten by the top six. Sorry, the Super League six at home. They didn't lose the Super League six at home, which is that. To be fair, is an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. Um, Stuart Dallas, probably Premier League player of the season. Um, I I was pleasantly surprised by how well they got on, but I do need to say that. For a team to lose a game 6-2 and be praised, to me, does not compute. Um, no. Next season, I worry Leeds might get found out a bit because it's similar to, um, in a way, no, it's not to the same extent, but like this season, Liverpool were found out to be not very creative up front. Um, and so that's why they lost all of their games from Christmas onwards because the smaller teams knew that they could just kind of sit back and Liverpool would struggle. And I worry that teams might do the same thing again with Leeds. But Leeds could Leeds have good owners, so yeah. they, they may invest in the team and, and they'll be fine. But uh, I think Leeds, Leeds are much more unpredictable than Liverpool going mm. forward. I think that's part of the reason why they have done well this season is because going forward, you never know what they're going to do. Quite a lot of their goals are nice goals. They score random yeah. goals. They do things well. Good build-up. You know, they average 55% possession in a game all season, which is a really good stat, you know? Like, yeah. that's really impressive. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think they'll do well. I expect them to be in and around the same sort of position. To break into the top six is really difficult. West Ham have done well this season to do it. Uh, Leicester have done well over the last few seasons to do it. But... With the return of fans, with football going slightly back to normality next season, I think mid-table where they're at is probably a safe bet. Um, I think they do need to invest in the squad. They need to bring in some players with with a bit more quality about them, mm-hmm. um, especially at the back. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know. I don't expect to see much more from them. But there are times this season where they've looked really poor. And if they can try and you know, fix that, then they'll they'll do well. Who uh, for you, Joe? Do you think has been the the standout for Leeds this season? I think I think there's three players right for me that have stood out for Leeds. Okay, um, Bamford one, yeah, uh, Harrison two, and okay. oh, genuinely Stuart Dallas three. Uh, and I'm not. <laughs> That's not me being biased, guy. Like it honestly isn't. I think I think Dallas has been exceptional this season. I really do. I think he's Leeds' second top goal scorer. Um, he is. And he's a utility. He's a utility man. He can play so many different positions. Um, that's not taken away from Rafinha either. He's been great as well. But uh, I think overall, the relief that Leeds fans must feel that they didn't go instantly back down. Because obviously, yeah. whenever you spend so long in the championship, you worry, oh, you go back up and then you maybe go back down again. So. I think it's a relief for them. I am glad to see them in the Premier League, and I do think they brought something very, very different this season. Um, but before we talk for too long about this, we do need to get into the main show, Look, because United lost two games at home in 48 hours, and Liverpool made them look like boys. So we better go and talk about that before the people of Facebook and YouTube wonder where we are. Well, you know what, Joe? I'll always happily stop talking about Leeds. So let's talk about <laughs> United and Liverpool. Friggin' here. Uh, so let me take you on to the Facebook version of Joe and Luke, and we will chat to you again in the outro portion of the show. See you there. See you then. 
But look, the main headline really uh, tonight, and the only place we can really start, is with that game at Old Trafford we just saw between United and Liverpool. Do you want to give me your thoughts? Just give me your thoughts. Um, yeah, interesting game. I didn't really, I didn't really know what to make of it, but I'll tell you what, it was so nice to see a big game have lots of goals. Like that Amen. was so good. It was unreal to watch a, a big game between the top six. I actually have them going out and scoring goals. What, 4-2? Great. That is so fun. 2-1 in both times. <laughs> you that love to see it. It's unreal. Uh, good game. Uh, interesting game. United did the opposite of United. Scored first. <laughs> they, they actually scored first. I know. Uh, and then Liverpool came back. Uh, that was easy. Get in. <laughs> we deserved it. Anyway, I do think Liverpool deserved it. Apex there said he's surprised it wasn't nil nil. Weren't we all? It's true. Like, I thought it was gonna be nil nil. I thought it was gonna be nil nil. I thought it was gonna be nil nil. We all did, but it's so nice that it's not. Um, really good performances by some players. Um, Luke Sherwin, man of the match. Who could do it on a cold, wet Tuesday night at Stoke? And do you know what? I'm gonna give it to Firmino. I thought Firmino what? actually played really well. For the first time in a really long time, in my opinion, I think he played really, really well. Evening, Mikey. Lovely to have you. Are you are you all right? Surely Trent was man of the match by a clear mile. I don't think so. I don't think so. Firmino got two goals. Phil, Phil, I've got your back, mate. I thought Trent was outstanding tonight, and honestly, honestly, for me, Trent has pretty much booked his place in Gareth Southgate's team for the Euros with that performance tonight. He was on. Believable. He was so good. That ball he put in for Firmino's header was just. Thank you very much. I'll put it, that on a good. plate for you, Bobby. It was hey, good. Those are, those are the chances that Bobby Firmino will usually miss, <laughs> and so mm. I think he deserves the credit here. He's done very well to score that goal. Um, both goals taken well. I think he did well. Um, Nah, you're you're not. You can you can have your opinions. Trent played very well, but I think Firmino played better than he usually would, and that's why he deserves it. Trent played as he always did, and, and so I don't know. Maybe it's like it's like the Messi debate. Messi plays the best player on the pitch every every week, and so we don't rate him as highly because it's just normal for him. And in this case, I think that's the case for me. Trent played very well, but I'm so used to Trent playing really well. I think Firmino hasn't been as good. Um, so fair play. If you think Trent was really good, that's great. He was really good, but I think Firmino had a, a slightly um, better than average game, so he gets the man of the match for me. So well, I assume I, you're going for Trent. I'm I'm going to go Trent purely because Trent has had a pretty rough season, which I don't think is unfair to say. And I'm not saying that as a derogatory in like a he's crap, mate. He's not. He's he's still up there as one of the best right backs in the league. However, hasn't had a great season. Um, so tonight it was like the Trent Alexander Arnold of last season, right? Yeah, he was just superb, mm. and I think I—I I mean, I still feel that United were pretty poor tonight, but I don't yeah. think that takes anything away from just how good uh, Trent Alexander Arnold was this evening. Guys, if you're watching, can you please be sure to give it a like? Give this video a like if you're on Facebook. Like it. If you're on YouTube, like it. It really, really helps us out, pushes out there. We really, really appreciate it. Um, this is one of the talking points, Adam, we're going to get into kind of later on about will Liverpool make top four. Uh, uh, probably too little too late, but we will get into it more. I don't think – I think it's more after the result rather than performance, Adam. I don't think that performance is going to get them top four because good performances aren't going to get you three points necessarily. But uh, I think – I think it will be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks because this top four race, literally a week ago, I thought was sorted. And now in the last week, it has completely dramatically changed. It's insane. Um, so, yeah, but let's well, – you know what we're, we're all about here? We're all about the sexy stats, and as I have now called them. Um, podcast listeners, you're welcome for that new introduction. Um Again, look, as you said, what a fantastic game of football. 
Uh, and as you can see there, my favorite thing, the attack momentum meter, you can see very, very patchy, although the patches favor Liverpool for a lot of the game, certainly really? in that first half anyway, uh, which I think the attack momentum meter is always the best reflection kind of of how the game ebb and, ebbed and flowed. Do you have any kind of thoughts uh, on certainly the first half in particular? Because it seems to go like back and forth quite a lot. Yeah, um, United started off all right, but I think we're fortunate to get the goal um, in, when they got it. Um, Fabinho didn't do overly well at tracking back to, to track Bruno Fernandes, and he got back there but didn't really close him down in any way, let him get the shot off. Um, I'm kind of glad that the actual shot didn't go in. I think it would have been unbearable from United fans had that outside of the foot attempt oh. nestled into the corner. <laughs> It would have been it would have been disgusting, um, and so I'm kind of glad you know Nat Phillips was thinking about Twitter. He was thinking about what the fans would say, and so he's like, "I'll just I'll just Billy yeah, through this into my just own." Just stick it in, stick it in. Yeah, uh, but then Liverpool responded really well. You know they attacked mm. well after that, and Diego Jota could be up there. You know one of the greatest signings for Liverpool um, in the last few in the last couple of seasons. Probably mm. he's been very good, um, and showed his class despite his really low rating there uh, did really well did really well for the for the goal uh, and i think yeah fair play to diogo uh, and then yeah the goal just before half time was exactly what they needed and mm -hmm. um, a goal just before half time you know changes the team talks as they would say on fifa commentary changes the, the team talks massively and Solskjaer has to to try and fight back and uh, mm. brought on rush or not brought on brought on uh, Greenwood, sorry, to try and, and do that, but Greenwood hasn't hasn't been unbelievable. He can finish, but he hasn't been great contributing to the play. So no, no. Liverpool did well to to come back, but then once they got that second goal, never really looked like losing it. Yeah, I mean, Allison really did have a shaky game tonight. Both keepers were poor tonight. Um, Allison very early on nearly gifted the United the goal. Um, Cavani wasn't able to do anything with it. He did look shaky. It is interesting that he's conceded two goals, but has a rating of 5.8, whereas Dean Henderson conceded four and has a rating of 6.4. Arguably, Dean Henderson wasn't that good tonight either. Like Liverpool's third was uh, a calamitous goal with yeah. uh, Fred giving the ball away first. Then they United managed to get the ball back, but then they gave away the ball again. Then Trent hits a shot that Henderson doesn't deal with very well at all. And then uh, it just kind of goes straight to Firmino. And it was actually a very good finish to chip it over the keeper. No, no, um, no, I'll argue. Well, you see, here's, here's just with the ratings, I need to debate this uh, highly because Firmino has an 8.7, right? And has scored two goals. Trent Alexander-Arnold has an 8.1 and he hasn't scored anything. So... I would have to say that it's quite obvious here. Look, Sherwin. Um, he got an assist. But, uh, Fair play. He got an assist. His, his, uh, his passing accuracy, though, mate. Have a look at that. Have a look at his... You'll be disgusted. Oh, no. That's, like, worse than what I got get at uni. 67%? <laughs> no, actually, that's a lie. Um, I mean, I get... Trent always seems to lose possession a lot. He lost it 24 times tonight. Yeah which is a pretty standard Trent, but uh, he, I thought he was excellent tonight. I really did. Um, Stats-wise, though, guys, very even on the stats page. If, if we look at this for the whole game, possession, United edge possession very slightly, 53-47. 18 shots, Liverpool 17 for United. However, they only managed three shots on target, which is shocking, and they, and they scored two of those. So bear that in mind. Whereas Liverpool managed a really, really good eight shots on target from their seventeen. Like that's that's what you want to be aiming for, and that even still isn't great. But in comparison, that's very good. Um, big chances. Liverpool had six of them. They missed two. United had three big chances and missed three. Uh, I don't remember that, but here we are. Um, yeah, I guess you know, a few of the chances just towards the end, maybe. Yeah, but like there was one. Uh, kind of scramble towards the end um, mm. when there's a couple of shots, you know, saved or blocked off the line mm. and those probably count as a couple of big chances. 
yeah, that's probably true. Uh, past accuracy, look, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say it. there's a sad face for me tonight because both teams only managed seventy nine percent, and um, that's simply not good enough. Uh, it's not. So it's I'm sad. Um, but, but are you yeah. really surprised by a team, the United team that starts with McTominay and Fred in midfield? No, you know, passing is not what dos. they're going not go, what they're going for. Um, and then, you know, Liverpool kind of surprised me in terms of passing, but then they have Reese Williams and Nathaniel Phillips at the back, so passing is not necessarily what they're going for mm. from them. And usually, the centre backs inflate those stats, so <laughs> I'm not really surprised. Mm. Well, it was it was a strange game. In that it was good, first of all, but also United seemed so kind of often. And the one thing I do want to mention, actually, which I, I was thinking about this more and more throughout the game. Do you know who United really missed tonight? Harry Maguire. Yes, absolutely. I was going to mention that earlier, actually, when we were just running through at the start. Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly are okay, mm-hmm. but that's it. Like that's their limit. They're okay. They're not world-class centre-backs. They never will be. They're decent enough for Premier League. But without Harry Maguire, who... Massive price tag. Yes, we have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But also a massive influence on this United team. You can tell totally. the way he plays, the leadership that he shows in that back line, the way he's always willing to get up and get involved. He's a great player. Um, <laughs> thanks, Andy. Uh, Big love there from Andy. Um, but yeah, I think Harry Maguire is he's a leader and they, they will miss him. If he misses mm-hmm. these last two games, it, it's okay at least because they've got nothing to play for. But um it's it's a it's a big loss. And hopefully for the sake of England, hopefully he's not out for too long. Hopefully he's back happily in time for the Euros because I think England genuinely need him. He's one of those players where people don't seem to understand the influence that he actually has. Uh, on on the rest of the squad, and I think that people are so quick to look at all his mistakes and write him off when actually he plays. He he often plays well, like without people realizing it almost. Yeah. So I think that's that, that's quite an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, I think he was missed. I, I I do think that because Harry Maguire started every game pretty much. Bailly and Lindelof have never played together. You know, it's always yeah. been Maguire and one of them. I think that had a massive uh, impact. But uh, and Luke Shaw didn't have his best game tonight. Um, Pogba was ultimately at fault for Firmino's first goal because he he ultimately slipped and that led to Firmino having a free header. Yeah. I think he lost the ball as well for the third goal. Um, so he didn't have a great game, but you know. Grand. There's Andy's asking about Nat Phillips and Williams. Uh, how do we rate them tonight? What What do you think about that, Luke? And I'll give my thoughts after. I like Nat Phillips. I think he's a good old-fashioned centre-back. Would happily take him at Stoke. Do you know, he would do a job alongside Harry Souter uh, and just boof the ball away with his head every time. <laughs> him and Maguire would be scary beside each other. Um, Nat Phillips is decent and, like, fair play. He got 7.8 here, despite the mm-hmm. fact he scored an own goal. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. I thought he played really well. Reese Williams just looks inexperienced. He looks, um, you know, nervous when he's on the ball. He doesn't look like a Premier League quality player. He doesn't look like a reigning champion quality player. Uh, and I think he just needs more experience. Alone in the championship next season would, would do him wonders, get him mm-hmm. on physical football, get him playing week in, week out, th- three times a week, get him on the ball, heading it away, just get him more experience, I think. Totally, totally agree uh, with everything you just said there. Um, I don't have anything to add, actually, because that's exactly what I thought. Um, but interesting, too, tonight, because ultimately Oli Gunnar Solskjaer made the decision to rest his full team on Tuesday night against Leicester. It's another game we're going to talk about uh, just briefly. Leicester beat United 2-1 um, at Old Trafford. Both games are at Old Trafford, so now they've lost two in a week. Ollie, Ollie, I keep saying ugly. Ollie rested the, the first team squad because they played on Saturday or Sunday, which is fair enough. But should he have played the full team on Tuesday, gone for the arguably the easier win? Especially Leicester, who were on the back of a 4 2 thrashing from 
mm-hmm. a team. I'm not sure who it is. Um, One of the best teams in the league. Should they have a? Should they have played the full strength <laughs> team, gone for the win? Because they were not in no way guaranteed to win tonight against Liverpool. I think it kind of backfired on them because had they lost four two to Liverpool tonight and played a second team, we would be like that's respectable. You know that if they've played the reserves and they've lost four two. Whereas now you're like, mm, you've lost to Leicester, who have not been in good form with your reserves, and now you've put out your full team, and you've been outclassed a wee bit. Um, yeah. Andy says, as a Liverpool fan, by the way, for podcast listeners, he was always nervous whenever United attacked, but needs to have more faith in Phillips. I think that's fair enough, because Phillips isn't, you know, there's no Quebec. He's injured. And apparently Liverpool aren't going to sign him, which I'm really surprised at because I thought they, they quite liked him. But um, anyway, yeah, that that's that was kind of tonight's game. But the game on Tuesday night was interesting because they played a lot of youngsters. You know, there's a couple of players here on that team who never, ever would have started a Premier League game if they hadn't been in this uh, situation. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. Like, I, I actually... If we're talking that game Tuesday night, first thing you have to say, and the, the main talking point from that game should be Luke Thomas for Leicester played left back, and he scored an unbelievable volley. Yeah. <laughs> like for a left back, yeah. composure on show, everything that he did with that composure, that technique, that finish, fair play. Like that yeah. is so ballsy to do at Old Trafford. That is so good. Andy and I were watching it together and we were both mm-hmm. kind of like taken aback when that went in. It was such a great finish. So fair play to Leicester. Um, Leicester bounced back really well. and um, They were playing, obviously, this weekend United team on Tuesday night. Um, a team with a few international players in it, but in general, n- no real starters for international teams. You know, David De Gea would start. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Bailly would start but for not a great international team uh, Nemanja Malic would start but he's like 50 uh, Donny van der Beek would start but the Netherlands aren't great um, and other than that you know you've got young players who I thought did okay at times showed glimpses of what will come in the future this is a future squad for United that play mm-hmm. largely with a few experienced players to help guide them but in general, United didn't look very good. Greenwood did really well to score, took that really well. Um, but Leicester, I thought, held on, played well. I don't know, though, Joe, if two up at the top for Leicester works. I don't know if Jamie Vardy and Hinato playing together works because it certainly yeah. hasn't seemed to. What do you reckon? I don't know if it does. I think Vardy prefers being by himself, to be honest. Because he's... he's... I mean this with respect, like he's a selfish player, right? So he likes to get the ball and do his thing or run after the ball or whatever. And I think sharing that with someone else actually has made him almost more withdrawn in his game. You know, he hasn't hasn't scored many goals recently. You know, Ian Acho's uh, the most prolific striker in Europe at the minute. Since, Since February, he scored the most goals, I think, in any league in Europe. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. I'm pretty sure I heard that on commentary some on last week in, t- in 2021 uh Ihinatu has the same goals and assists as Harry Kane so that that in itself is a testament to mm. how well he's played you know um in 2021 these last five months um Vardy Vardy is the epitome of a, a non-league footballer from rags to riches as they always say and they will remind you every time he plays he was a non-league footballer and that's the way he needs to play still it's it's not it's not working with another striker. He doesn't play one-twos and look for the given go. He plays, I'm going to run as fast as I can <laughs> into the channels. Mm-hmm. Or you play the ball over the top against a slow defender and I'm going to outpace him. I, I don't think he's been slowing up too much. I think he still shows the glimpses when he's played, but I don't think he works as a front two because he's not a given go player. He needs no. to just run in behind. I think I think Josh makes a decent point because he is getting... He is getting towards the end of his career now. You know, he is, he is getting older. And maybe that's Brendan Rodgers thinking. But I just think when you watch him play, it's like he doesn't know whether to go or not because he's not sure what the other player is doing. And yeah. I think I think he maybe looks slower 
because he's more indecisive now than he would be if he was by himself up top. And I think I think that's really the main the main issue, right? So yeah, uh, it's, it's difficult because Ihinacho has forced his way into the team. You can't drop yeah. him. You can't leave him no. out. But Ihinacho plays better with the second striker. Yeah, Ihinacho plays better with somebody who you can give and go with. And mm-hmm. so it's a weird dilemma. of Vardy wants to play on his own. Ihinacho doesn't, and probably wouldn't be as good playing on his own. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult because Ihinacho can't be dropped. But Vardy, you know, is one of the the greatest players in Leicester City history. And so it's a difficult balance that Bren Rogers has at the moment. Hopefully they can manage to hold on and get top four. I would like them to get top four. I think they deserve it. Johnny Evans, the greatest man alive, deserved it. Um, it would be it'd be nice to see Leicester get the top four. And that kind of transitions us nicely into that top four race because looking at the table here, now I did not realise this. This is this is scary how close it is. Squeaky bum time. It properly is so, so ignore City and United, right? Because they're yeah. definitely going to be top four. Leicester yeah. are third. They've played 36 and they have 66 points with a goal difference of plus 21. Yeah. Chelsea are have played 36. They're in fourth. They've played 36 with a goal difference of plus 22 and have 64 points. In fifth place now after tonight's result, Liverpool, third, they've played 35. With a goal difference of plus 20, they have 60 points. So should they win their game in hand, they're only one point off the top four. Yeah. In sixth, with 35 games played, goal difference of plus 10, West Ham, who have 58 points, which is honestly unbelievable. And then really, I don't really know if Spurs or Everton really are going to get in. So I'm going to leave it at that because they're they're both on 56 uh, with 35 games played. Um. What do you think is going to happen now? So this is a massive week now for the top four race because Leicester and Chelsea play each other twice. Mm. First in the FA Cup final. And then after that, I think, is it next Wednesday maybe? Mm. Um, it's in five days. Next Tuesday? In, what's oh, it? 18th Tuesday. Like Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. On Tuesday, they play again in the Premier League. That is a massive game. Because if... If Liverpool were to win their game at hand and go on 63 points, they'll be mm-hmm. one behind Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea then don't win. Liverpool have an opportunity to go above them. Hmm. That's mad. That is mad. Personally, part of me kind of wants Liverpool to sneak in, win their game hand, and then win and hope that Chelsea lose to Leicester. And then have Chelsea finish fifth. And then hopefully, oh, actually, I don't want Chelsea to win the Champions League. I want torn. I really don't right. want them. I want okay, Man City. No. I want five teams. To do it. I would like five teams to be for the Premier League in the Champions League next year. But that's not going to happen, sadly, because I I don't want Chelsea to win. I don't know who would I rather have in the top four: Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester. I'd probably rather see Leicester and Chelsea, just because, as we've talked about in the podcast intro a few times. Liverpool fans are a bit unbearable, you know. But <laughs> not even are. that. Not even that. I actually think uh, Liverpool don't deserve top four, and that's not because they've got an agenda against them. It's because they lost six Premier League games in a row at home, and I think that uh, whenever you're going, I know, I know, it's, I know the Champions League is going to be next season, right? And I get that. And Josh has got a question in the chat there about Liverpool for title next year, and we'll, we'll mention that uh, briefly, but. Uh, Whenever, whenever you, whenever you like, I, I just think that this season in general, Liverpool have not been at a good enough standard for me. Where I go, yeah, that's a season that deserves Champions League. So I don't, I don't mean you like anybody. Nobody deserves Champions League. Nobody, you don't like, you don't, you don't end up and you know, City have won the league deservedly so they're the better team. But like in those nitty gritty places, you don't just deserve Champions League based on your place. What I mean by that is you wouldn't look at this season, right? And if I if I didn't tell you where Liverpool finished and then show you all their games this season, uh, looks just died on me. But if I was to show you the games that they've played this season, um and I and I was to show you the, the highlights of this season, 
I don't think anybody would go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a season that deserves Champions League. The same way if I have to show you Spurs highlights, right? You wouldn't go, right, Spurs deserve Champions League. Maybe even the same for Chelsea. If I showed you Chelsea this season, you might not necessarily go, yes, they deserve Champions League. Um, so, like, I think that it's 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 difficult. I would I would personally rather see a fight. I would rather see if Liverpool were to get top four. I would rather it was Chelsea that would miss out rather than Leicester because I, I would quite like Leicester to get top four. So, like, I think if it was City United Leicester and then one of Chelsea Liverpool or West Ham, I'd be happy enough for that. Yeah. Um, we're in a weird position in that <laughs> genuinely Liverpool could finish fifth. And then win the league next year. Yeah, yeah. Or they could finish fourth, undeservedly, probably get Champions League and win the Champions League next year. Yeah. Because Liverpool on their day are unbeatable. When Van Dijk's playing, when Joe Gomez is playing, when Trent plays well, when Firmino has a man of the match performance like tonight, you know, they're really, really good. But I don't know. It's it's one of these things. Liverpool can go either way. We've seen now. Before this season, I would have said Liverpool are unbelievable. A really mm-hmm. good squad, really good team. Will win mo- the majority of matches. But having seen the fragility that happens after a few injuries to two key players in particular, Jordan Henderson and Van Dijk, those two injuries have caused massive change at Liverpool this season. I do think if Liverpool get top four, it would genuinely it would be an unbelievable achievement because from like as in the way they've turned it around in the last six weeks so there was no chance they were getting top four six weeks ago no chance they were beaten by burnley fulham brighton who else was at home all these teams at home but they have have turned it around and they've they've gone on beat they've got the they've got i think they've got the most points now in their last five six games or something in the league They're, they're the top form team at the minute they played really well against United tonight, and you know what? Genuinely, I think made the difference tonight. Klopp started Jota over Mane tonight. Yeah, and Jota looked lively. He looked energetic. He's just kind of. It was a weird. People thought it was a weird signing at first, right? Because it was like, your was it forty million they paid for him or something like that. People maybe thought overpriced, but he he came in and did a. He's done a great job this season. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. Have. Yeah, he has, and I think it'll be interesting because Liverpool will could get Champions League this season, and admittedly, from Liverpool fans, they've had a pretty poor season, and yet they can still get top four. What a crazy league this whole thing is. It's so mental. So it's, it's been the same, though, across all of world football. Like, results just haven't gone like we expected them to. There's winners of the various leagues that nobody would have predicted at the start of the season. It's been a wild, yeah, a wild time for football. Fans not being there has made such a big difference. Um, Liverpool were top at Christmas. Yeah. Man City were eighth. Man City were eighth at Christmas. Like that is a that is a weird turnaround, a massive turnaround for City to be able to finish so comfortably ahead. Mm-hmm. Is a testament to how terrible Liverpool have been <laughs> over those last over those first few months after Christmas. And yes, they have turned it around. Um, over the past three months, they've been they've been okay at times. But I don't know. I I think this Leicester Chelsea game will be a make or break. If Chelsea Chelsea win it, then I think Leicester and Chelsea finish in the top top four. Yep, agree. If Leicester, if Leicester Sorry, win. If Leicester win, Liverpool probably finish in the top four. And if it's a draw, Liverpool probably win the top four. So I think for the good of football, Chelsea need to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and then leading on to that then, obviously on last night, um, Chelsea lost 1-0 to Arsenal. Um, surprise, a big surprise result. Um you kind of called it though, didn't you, the other week? Because we, we were chatting about how Arsenal have been pretty crap, but then or you would say it would be the t- type of game, the Chelsea game, where Arsenal would go and win, and Arsenal have then beaten Chelsea in both games this season in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah, you asked me who had who had Tuchel lost to in the Premier League, and I wasn't 100% sure, and I remembered one of them. I couldn't remember the second one, and I said, Arsenal? Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out I'm just a prophet. 
you know, it was just a week too soon. And I was able to tell that Arsenal would win this weekend. Um, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be pleased. I wouldn't be pleased at all for various reasons. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be pleased, one, because they didn't deserve the win. <laughs> they they scored a fluky goal from a terrible back pass that they nearly messed up. But thankfully scored, defended well, absolutely. It's what they've done well this season is defend. But going forward, non-existent after mm-hmm. that. After the goal, non-existent. Was that game plan? You could say so. But Arteta's been watching Guardiola, you know, working under him, and that's not what Guardiola would do. So it makes me think that Arteta just doesn't have a baldy. Um, second reason I would be frustrated is because why on earth have they not been able to grind out 1-0 results against the terrible teams in this league? Why have they not been able to beat Fulham? What, Del- like, the day of the Del- Super League? Del- last week. Villarreal, they couldn't score a goal because, you know, Villarreal were set up and could defend and didn't gift them a goal like last night. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm incredibly frustrated by that because they didn't look good going forward and they've been so inconsistent this year that a double against Chelsea, a double against Chelsea in the Champions League final, sees them in ninth place in the Premier League. In the Premier League, if you win the games against the small teams, not the small team, got to give them some credit, the lower half teams, if you win those games, you get Champions League football effectively. You mm-hmm. get a draw then against the big teams, win against the wee teams, you'll be in the Champions League places. Arsenal have got a couple of wins against Chelsea. Great, they've finally beaten a top six side away from home. Great, mm-hmm. that, that annoying stat can go away now. But they can't beat Fulham. Yeah. Arsenal fans, I'm sorry that you have to watch this. And I'm also not sorry because I watched Stoke week in, week out, and that is crap as well. So, um, yeah, it's just frustrating from an Arsenal perspective. What about you, Joe? I mean, uh, Arsenal bore me. Uh, you know, we, we talked, was it last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago about the Arsenal-Newcastle game, and I just, I told you, I point blank just didn't care because it was a crap game. And that was both because A, Newcastle rubbish, and B, Arsenal rubbish. Um I, I think if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be like, hang on a second. We just beat Chelsea 1-0. We won at the weekend, and yet we didn't look like we cared for the game against Villarreal. I, I, that would make me more angry because, obviously, a European final is more important than getting eighth place. Um, call me Senegal if you want, you know, but that's nah, just how I about Spurs, That's all Arsenal won. Just to finish about the Spurs. Spurs. What an achievement. Um yeah, I think it's, again, another team who've had a rupee season. There's <laughs> this unprecedented time. A lot of teams have had very strange seasons this year. Uh, and, I mean, I think what's crazier was we were sent in a, a stat from Gareth McVeigh who had said that, that, said that uh, in their last 25 games, Chelsea and Arsenal have got the same number of points in the Premier League. Nuts. What? What's, what's just, up with? It just shows how bad Frank Lampard was in the last uh, tenure. Like, what well, was his last eight games? He had one win. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense that if he yeah. was 25 games then, um, yeah, it was, it'd be level. But, you know, Arsenal are a weird one because their home form has been awful. But away from home, they're actually not bad. Yeah, pretty good. I'd like to turn up and ruin everybody's day, it seems. Um, mm. But uh, weirdly, they seem to really miss their fans at the Emirates. And they're not a fan base that I necessarily would have attributed to being a big influence to a team. <laughs> so it's mm. a strange one from that perspective. Um, but yeah, the game, the game last night was interesting. A few decent performances from Mount, as always. Really solid player. Reese James looked okay. Uh, from an Arsenal perspective, Smith Rowe did all right. Um, Gabriel played well at the back and Leno had a much better game than he has been having yeah. this season. But all in all, some really poor football. El Nani played really badly in midfield. Billy Gilmore again played badly, which is really sad to see that he's played badly two games in a row when mm-hmm. he's been given the chance. Jorginho played badly and cost the goal. The Kai Osaka experiment at right wing back didn't work at all. He just looked out of sorts. He didn't have the attacking influence that he would have wanted to because Arsenal didn't have any attack. <laughs> and if he's not playing forward enough, he has to just sit back and defend. And defensively, looked really bad against Pulisic and Chilwell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, a, a frustrating game from an Arsenal perspective, but so, hopefully they'll look better next year. I've just I've just looked at the stats, right? <laughs> Chelsea had nineteen shots and Arsenal had five. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying at the start. Oh, Arsenal didn't deserve this win by any means. Thirty-three percent possession, two shots on target, one of which was the goal. They had one just, big chance, which brutal. they scored. Like they, they had seventy-nine percent percent passing accuracy. Arsenal. If Arsene Wenger's Arsene Wenger's turning in his grave, but he's not even dead. That's my bad. <laughs> turning in his grave. They've killed him off, and he's turning in his grave. It's shocking. Uh, but yeah, they defended, kept the ball out, and did Giroud deliberately hit the bar? Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he really loves Arsenal. North London dread. North London dread. Um, North London dread. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I was just having a laugh to myself there because I was going through the stats while you were talking. Um, just to briefly let you know that, yes, Chelsea essentially won every single stat, apart from the defensive stats and yellow cards and goalkeeper saves. Um, so this is a game where if I was to present to you the stats, you'd go, all right, so Chelsea won the game like two years, three nil. No, 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 no. Arsenal won 1-0. Very, very strange. Um wow. Speaking of Arsenal, Sunday night Arsenal played West Brom, ultimately mm. beat them. Um, and just I feel like it was appropriate to touch on the fact that they then relegated West Brom yep. with a 3-1 win. William scored finally. Woo! I was Arsenal, I'd get rid of him. Um, average player. But then on Monday night, we also had a game Fulham against Burnley. Fulham lost 2-0 to Burnley, who've been on a decent run actually. Um, but I say that they've won two of their last three. For Burnley, that's a pretty decent run. Um, yeah. And Fulham also then got relegated. Yeah! <laughs> so confirmed the, the three going down. Sheffield United, who have looked miserable. West Brom, who did a big got Big Sam in, got him in, and thankfully got relegated because getting Big Sam in is a disgrace. Uh, and then Fulham got relegated. And it's going to get even worse because Scott Parker, the world's best manager, is going to go to Tottenham. Uh, somehow, mm. um, so those three have gone down. Brighton have stayed up. Newcastle have stayed up. Burnley, Southampton have stayed up. Crystal Palace as well. I should should mention. Um, so those teams have nothing really to play for in the last few games. Just I guess performances to try and win places for next season. Uh, Newcastle are safe, thankfully, so that they don't have to get a result at City. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's the teams going down. Not surprising. All season, it's looked like they were the three teams that were going to go down. If you had to pick a player from each team, Joe, that should stay in the Premier League, who would you pick? One from each of those three that are going down. Ooh, um, okay, uh, Adam Olukman from Fulham. Uh, well, he—I don't know if he counts. Because <laughs> he's on loan. He's on loan. Oh, is he from where? From Leipzig. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Marius Pereira from yeah, West Brom. Um, Sheffield's the focus. Like, for me, the first thing that came to my head for Sheffield United was Aaron Ramsdale. Um, but it's difficult because obviously Sheffield have pretty much lost like most of their games. So I don't really know because I haven't watched enough Sheffield United really. Um, because when they've kind of all looked a bit subpar, um, uh, you know what actually been interesting for me is that Ruben Loftus Cheek was in the loan at Fulham, didn't look outstanding there, and you'd think that yeah. you know if he's supposed to be a, a quality player that Chelsea had with European experience, um, that he would come into Fulham make a difference. He didn't really didn't look a great player. I don't know where his future is now. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, but why? Who do you think you would keep? Who would you keep in the Premier League then? Um, so I'll try and give a few different options than the ones you've mentioned. Um, Mateus Pereira, as Andy's pointed out there, Mateus Pereira, what a guy! Arsenal could take them. Um, a little better than Smith Rowe. I don't, I don't know if he is better than Smith Rowe or Ryan. Good player, but really good player. But Smith Rowe has a lot more um, future at Arsenal. I think Mateus Pereira would be a great signing for anyone. 
he could be a great Gilfie Sigurdsson replacement at Everton, <laughs> um, something like that. I don't know. Um, but then a door could replace Gilfie Sigurdsson and be better. I um, could. So Matez Pereira, yes, definitely. But my pick, uh, there's two players for West Brom that probably deserve to stay up. Um, Sam Johnson in Nets has played really well, mm. really good goalkeeper. But then again, most Premier League teams at this stage have really decent goal first goalkeeper. Goalkeeper good in the Premier League. So he's going to be a backup. I've seen him linked mm. with United if uh, De Gea was to leave. I think he'd be a good backup there. Um, but the one, Conor Gallagher, really like him. Really like Conor Gallagher for West Brom. I think he Could looks good. Or Probably it? just because he looks like Todd Cantwell. And you know yeah. how much I love Todd Cantwell. Um, but Conor Gallagher, I think, is a really, really solid player. Um, from a Fulham perspective, I think most of their players are championship quality. Yep, agree. I think most of their players are really average. Don't know how Ariola is playing for Fulham. He Maybe, actually, he's been good too. He's been yeah, good as well. He's been decent. Um, but if I was to pick anyone, um, it would probably be Josh Madja, um, mm. the striker who obviously is notorious for being in Sunderland till I die, uh, leaving in January when he says he would sign a new contract. So he's a bit of a scumbag. Mm. But I think he's a really I good love player. Him. I love him. He's, you know. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he's a good player though. I think Josh Magic could do a job for a lower t- uh, a lower um half team. Um as you say, Lookman's good, but Angisa isn't bad either. Um Andre mm. Sambo Angisa in defense. He looked pretty good on Monday night, actually. He I did. watched the game on Monday night, he looked pretty good. Yeah. And then from a Sheffield United perspective, I think there's a few good players in that team, but again, a lot of championship quality players who had mm. a tight bond, which is why they stayed up, I think. Um, yeah, but Sander Berger or Sander Berg or however you pronounce it, he's a he's a really good midfielder, and I think yeah. he can do a job again at at any team really in the Premier League. And um, well, not any team. He's not going to play for City, but he could do a job um, at a lot of teams in the Premier League, and he could probably mm-hmm. go for relatively cheap. So he probably be one to look out for. Um, from my from my thinking, but yeah, it's it's sad that it, the race is over for relegation. And just before we go, I want to briefly mention um, the early game today between Everton and Villa was a nil-nil draw. But the one thing I just wanted to point out very quickly was Jack Grealish came on for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And Villa looked a different team. And I was like, wow, this is like like it's it's crazy the difference that Grealish brings to that Villa side when he comes on. Uh, yeah. fouled all over the place. He was only on 20 minutes, got kicked about. Um, but to be honest, at, for a nil-nil, it wasn't a bad game. Um, but no one really ever looked like scoring. Um, Although Martinez made a good save at the end. He did make a good save, but he, that's, he's, he's, he's equaled um, Brad Friedel's clean sheet record at Villa. So he just needs to get one more clean sheet and he'll have the most clean sheets for an Aston Villa goalkeeper in a single Premier League season, which... Like he'd be a contender, and he we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks' time. He'd be an honest contender for uh, goalkeeper of the year uh, in the Premier League. He'd be a, he'd be a top contender. You're absolutely um, right. I feel for Villa. I do because I think if yeah. Grealish has been fit all season, they don't finish as low as they are now. Yeah. Um, they're sitting in eleventh. I think they could easily have finished above Leeds, and it's yeah. not just because I hate Leeds. <laughs> they, they could have finished above Leeds. Um, they probably could have finished above Arsenal. They probably could have finished above Ever- Everton. And the way they're going, probably could have finished above Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel I feel for them. Um, he is a he's a delight to watch, and I do hope he goes to the Euros, especially with the the increased squad size. I think it'd be good to have him there. Greenwich, as you mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think he probably should go, but I mean, I mean, we'll talk about that as well in another podcast. To talk about the uh, England Euro squad, but that'll do us for tonight. I think um, been a pleasure again. Look, as always, not long again until the next show on Sunday. Um, plenty of football in between uh, now and then. But uh, we've got an FA Cup final as well to talk mm, about. Yep. So it'll be a really good show on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, the Sunday shows your phone-in show, so you guys can join in. Um, and just before we go, I just want to quickly plug the podcast, guys. If you missed uh, anything from today's show um, or you came in late and you want to listen to it back, 
The podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and there's exclusive bonus audio content for you guys to go and listen. So please go and check that out. We're really, really proud of it. We really are. Um, but honestly, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. Great show, Luke. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. And that was our show, guys. It was actually a great show. I thought, look, I think, uh, you know, there was so much to chat about, especially to do with the top four and things. Um, how did you feel during that? And uh, do you have any plans for this upcoming weekend? Well, I think you're a little bit biased, but uh, no, I think it was a great show. I think it was. It was It was good fun. Really, really great to have so many people on and, and chatting with us in the comments. So if you're yeah. listening to the podcast, feel free to join us live sometime. And drop your thoughts there because we are always quite likely to actually reply there and then so that's cool um but my weekend looks all right going home to bangor tomorrow night we have youth club again in person so that'll be lovely and then i will um probably spend the night with my my parents and um, which would be lovely and then be back up on saturday for football again which is a mm-hmm. delight and um, but other than that I think I have quite a busy weekend. I think seeing a few different friends haven't seen in a wee while and potentially going to try a new sushi place with one of those Ooh. friends, which could be really nice. Um, and then on Sunday, um, pretty chill. I'll go to church in the morning um, and then I have a meeting actually at four o'clock on Sunday. So that's a bit, a bit oh, sad. Random. Sorry? Random? Yeah, a bit random, but kind of the only time that I could squeeze it in. So... <laughs> Australia. What about you, Joe? You have quite a, an exciting weekend as well. Yeah, um, I might. I don't know. I'll see. I need, I need to work tomorrow, like study. I may stream a bit on Twitch tomorrow. I'm not sure. Um, the, well, so tell me this: Who's your first ever subscriber on Twitch? Uh, you might be. I think. Yeah, it's you. wow. You're my. You're my. You keep fun my Twitch channel. Um, <laughs> Joe McSee plays. Cheap plug uh, for the podcast, but. Um, no, there's a new Assassin's Creed DLC, which is actually set in Ireland out, so I might do that for a while. Um, yes, nice. And on Saturday, we have our football, which I'm always looking forward to. Uh, honestly, it's like the highlight of my week, honestly. Um, and, but, I'm, but I'm going home for a couple of hours on Saturday because it was my grandpa's birthday today, Thursday, which is the day of recording. And, uh, yeah. So he'll be, he's a United fan, so he'll, he'll, this will be the worst birthday ever. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, now we're going for a barbecue in my granny's garden, so hopefully it'll be my granny, my grandpa, and my family, and then my uncle, uh, Manti, and their kids. So uh, that should be really nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good literally just going home for the afternoon because I need to come back up for work purposes. And then Sunday will be church for me in the morning, and I'll probably just be making notes uh, and studying while the football's on. And just have the football yeah. in the background. So nice. Yeah, because I'm another exam. So <laughs> yeah. But um well, hopefully the weekend is is relaxed then. Hopefully it's a nice time with just family. I'll be chill. And then of course we are live again at eight PM Sunday night on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Um we'll have the FA Cup final to talk about. It'll be interesting to see actually who's gonna win that because you know, part of me thinks we could. I mean, I would love to see Leicester win it. I won't lie. I would love to see Leicester win it. I really would. Yeah, I think Tuchel probably deserves it because I don't think he's going to win the Champions League. So I think the FA Cup be nice for him, but also be lovely to see Butler, Brendan uh, Rogers actually win something. Yeah, that'll be good. But uh, that's about it, really. Um, and that that's it for our podcast because this is a longer midweek show. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll be back on Sunday. The podcast will be back on Monday for you guys because it takes me a while just to get it edited together and, and put it up. Um, but again, we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's listened. I just checked the Apple um, podcast uh, version of this, look, and I just want to say a big thank you to anybody who's given us a rating because we've actually been given four or five-star ratings. Look so, at that. So thank you so much to everybody who's gone and rated us. If you are, if you do listen on Apple, it'll be it helps us out massively if you give it a rating and, and write a review. Um, it is nice that we have at least um, four 
deluded people that listen. Do you actually think we're good enough to deserve a five star rating as well? Uh, that's <laughs> we have hoodwinked them. Look, we need Absolutely to. We, really there. We, we can't let them see just how poor it really is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much, guys. Honestly, uh, we're the the Euros are going to be a great time for us. There's going to be plenty of podcasts. I may do some live match reactions, which look obviously you're more welcome to come and join me if you're up for it. Absolutely. Um, so there are some of our plans, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Sound Joe podcast. We will be back live on Sunday, podcast version on Monday. So hopefully we will see you then. Bye, guys. Awesome. Have a good weekend. See you then. <laughs>